Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Magic made the first pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Jabbar, no, Paolo Bancaro. The Pistons may have had the best draft in the NBA. And with the surprise number one pick, the Rockets got Jabari Smith at number three. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Orlando Magic stunned the NBA world with an 11th hour decision, or at least that's how it felt, to go with Duke star Paolo Bancaro over Auburn's Jabari Smith Jr. at one. Our Kainani Stevens talked with the host of Locked On Magic to get his reaction. With the number one pick in the 2022 NBA draft, Paolo Bancaro headed to Orlando. So we have to check in with Locked On Magic. Philip Rossman right here with us now. We thought we had it all figured out before the draft started, but late rumors coming out. Now Paolo is the number one pick. So what was your immediate reaction? Yeah, obviously it was uh, really surprising. You know, I thought the Magic were pretty locked in on Jabari Smith. There were a lot of rumors going around here in Orlando that the Magic weren't even able to get uh, Paolo Bancaro in for a workout, and it just didn't seem like uh, they were getting all the information that we that they needed. We know Jeff Waltman really likes uh, to have a lot of information to make a decision, but you know, he's one that plays things very, very close to the vest. So it wasn't completely. It, it shouldn't have been completely surprising that he'd catch everyone by surprise. Uh, you know, this is uh, obviously a guy that that I was really high on before before I was sitting in the chair maybe got a little nervous, but uh, ultimately Paolo Bancaro is a fantastic pick for this, this team. Absolutely. Super talented, of course. Want to bring in our national hosts as well, our NBA big board guys, Leaf Tulin, Richard Stamen. Of course, we got to get their point of view on this. Richard, what is a pick like this when we think things are already stacked up, but then, you know, Paolo goes higher than maybe we expected him to. How does that affect the rest of this board? Yeah, it's a massive domino the rest of the night. And, uh, you know, you look at what Paolo does, I, I think uh, I think they the Magic might have just got their franchise changer. That's what every team at the top three was looking for. You know, Paolo was in play really hard for the Houston Rockets. So now they're forced to go to, to another direction and uh, really shapes up the whole night just from this one domino of a, of a smokescreen. Philip, when you look at the current roster that the Magic have, obviously they have a ton of young talent, but adding someone like Paolo, what do you think he's going to be able to do right out of the gate, and what do you think he'll be able to add to this team? Yeah, I, I, even in even in all my pre-draft preparation, I, I really believe Paolo Bancaro was going to be the rookie of the year. He is the most ready to be an impact scorer and just just create stats, and that's that's really the biggest thing that he adds to this team. My favorite kind of Magic trivia question is the last non-center to average 20 points per game or more in a Magic was Steve Francis back in 2005. They've just not had a lot of perimeter scoring. I know some people think Paolo Bancaro is more of a traditional big, but he is someone that can attack off the wing, can score from the low post, the mid post, can step out to three point line he, he's someone that will that should be able to score at all phases score in isolation do all the things that you expect primary scores to do and that's that's something this magic team desperately needed and something that you hope to get out of a number one pick leaf nationally when you look at the magic obviously they haven't had a ton of success as of late but of course they have a lot of young talent on this team so kind of going forward how do you see the team developing and will this be something where maybe veterans will want to come play with these younger players 
Yeah, I, I think Paolo Bancaro is the most NBA-ready talent. I, I had him ranked number one on my board, so I think he's the most transcending, transcendent player. He can alter the franchise the most of any of these that people were speaking about in him, Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren. So I don't know if he can attract veteran players to come play with this core immediately. I'm not sure he gets them out of the lottery immediately, but I think he's going to be the best player out of this, uh, the, this draft class, and not much less those three. And I, I believe that he'll be able to elevate this franchise and that the pieces they have will, can make the Magic contenders in a few years' time. I'm not sure it's immediate, but I, I think this is a step in the right direction. I really like the way the Magic front office handled it. Check out Locked on Magic every day as Philip will be covering the team's transition on every podcast platform, including YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Detroit Pistons got Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, and feel like they've had the best draft of any team. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Game five of the Stanley Cup on tap and has a few lines to keep an eye on. The Avalanche are solid favorites to finish the series as they come home. Bet Online likes Colorado over Tampa Bay with the money line set at minus 173. The scoring. Maybe at a premium too. Bet Online has the over/under set at six, and Andre Vasilevsky has been a busy dude in these Stanley Cup Finals, and that does not figure to change. Bet Online has his save total over/under at thirty-three and a half. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The biggest recruit in some time for the college football world made his choice yesterday. Arch Manning, yes, that name should sound familiar, shut down his recruitment and made a verbal commitment that Locked On's recruiting insider John Garcia breaks down for us now. They say you never forget your first, and the college football world certainly won't forget the first tweet fired off by the digital pen of Arch Manning. All it was was a verbal commitment, not to the defending national champions, not to the program they just beat for said national title, but to Texas. Arch Manning is a longhorn. His coach has already confirmed that his recruitment is totally shut down. No more visits for the industry's number one quarterback in the class of 2023. Steve Sarkeesian, A.J. Milwee and company in Austin upset Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, and all of the rings that come with those coaches. You got to hand it to Arch paving his own way, going to the path less traveled. Yes, there's a clearer path for playing time, but certainly in terms of stability, in terms of development, resources, and recent success, Texas is on the up and up compared to Alabama and Georgia. So yes, the most famous high school football recruit in the last decade is officially off the board to Texas. No drama expected in between now and National Signing Day. Uh, And in between that, you should probably expect a lot more verbal commitments joining Arch in heading to Austin. In an announcement that is coming at some point today, the DP World Tour will announce that any golfer in the Live Invitational Series will be banned from the Scottish Open. The event is set to take place a week before the Open Championship, a tournament that Live golfers are able to compete in. The PGA Tour and DP World Tour are co-sanctioning the Scottish Open for the first time ever as part of a strategic alliance. The two circuits signed 20 months back in preparation for the Live Series arrival. The most recent defector to Live, Brooks Kepka, had been previously announced as part of the Scottish Open's field. Do not expect this to be the last time something like this happens. 
Kyrie Irving has a list of teams he'd like to be dealt to if the Brooklyn Nets cannot satisfy his contract demand, this according to reports. The teams on the list, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Heat, the Mavs, and the Sixers, and they all have something in common. They don't have the cap space to add Kyrie. That means the Nets would need to complete a sign-and-trade deal to any of those requested teams, and not all of the requested teams are interested in adding Kyrie necessarily. He has until June 29th to either opt in or opt out of his deal. The question now will be, does he stay with Kevin Durant or does he take a pay cut on the open market to play with a new team that he wants to be with? It also raises the question of what is the future of Kevin Durant in Brooklyn if Kyrie does leave? And on the diamond, the Los Angeles Dodgers finish up a three-game series with the Cincinnati Reds. They're feeling pretty good. There's an old Waylon Jennings song about whistlers and jugglers and singers of songs. Today's Dodgers-Reds game was about the whiffers and strugglers who became bringers of dongs. What's up? It's Jeff from Locked On Dodgers. Any chance to bring in a Shel Silverstein lyric, I will do it? The Dodgers beat the Reds 10-5 to behind unexpected big days from Max Muncy, Justin Turner, and Cody Bellinger. Uh, Muncy and Bellinger both homered. Uh... Turner had two doubles, and oh yeah, the usual suspects too. Trey Turner had three more hits, Freddie Freeman had two hits and a homer, Will Smith had another homer. All around, great team effort, Dodgers had 16 hits and four walks, a ton of traffic on the bases, and scored at least one run in each of the final eight innings of this game. Good, solid performance by Clayton Kershaw. Solid performance, one run in six innings. Uh, it's it's kind of what we expect from the starting pitching these days. The only thing that kept this from being a perfect baseball game was Phil Bickford had a hiccup, allowed four runs in two-thirds of an inning, including a three-run homer to the worst person in the world, Tommy Pham. Other than that, though, great game all around. Yancey Almonte was great for an inning a third. David Price had a solid ninth inning, and the offense showed up, putting up a total of, what's that, 20... 26 runs in three games? Yeah, we'll take it. Here is another story you need to know. It was what's on first, only it was what team is Jalen Duran on? First, it was Charlotte who made the pick. They sent him to the Knicks, and the Knicks sent him to the Detroit Pistons. And to quote their announcer in the arena, it is Detroit basketball. Kuka Hill from Lockdown Pistons joining me now. And, and Ku, it has been a banner night for the Pistons, what did you make of this move? I think this move just capped just capped off a great night from Troy Reaver. He was able to get his guy in Jay and Ivy at five, and now another guy that he was rumored to be extremely high on heading into the draft. He finds a way to get Jalen Duran in a long-winded type of way. This ends up being what he got for Jeremy Grant. He ended up getting Duran for that 25 pick that he got for Jeremy Grant yesterday. So. At first, it, the, the Jeremy Grant was looking a little murky, but now it's it's looking like he really got exactly what he wanted, just in a long-winded type of way, and we're all okay with that. We'll bring in our Locked On NBA, Locked On NBA Big Board Show, Richard Stamen and Sam Ferris. And, and Sam, this was this was a player that I that I know you liked. What did you think of him purely as a prospect? Yeah, I I love Jalen Duran as a prospect. Uh, he might be the single prospect I'm highest on compared to the consensus. In fact, I had him as my number five overall prospect. And so with Detroit getting Jaden Ivey, with them acquiring Jalen Duran, uh, Detroit to me isn't just the winners of this draft. They've blown this draft out of the water. I'm I'm so excited for the Detroit Pistons to go from where they were 12, 13 months ago and add three potential franchise cornerstones. Uh, 
Yeah, you got to be happy if you're in Detroit right now. They've turned this franchise around, and they've done it quickly. Richard, how do you think these two lottery picks complement uh, each other in Detroit now? Yeah, you look at two of the most athletic players at their position. The Detroit Pistons didn't have a ton of lob threats. They didn't really have anybody that could catch lobs, uh, run elite pick and rolls before Marvin Bagley got there. And now they have two guys that can not only play and push the tempo at an incredible level, but just on both ends, you look at guys that can defend at a, at a good level. I think Jaden Ivey's underrated in that regard. Jalen Duren should be able to switch those one through five just with his versatility. I think you're getting great value while also adding a ton of benefits to what they needed in their centers. Koo, th- this young core now with Cade Cunningham, you've got Ivy, you add Duren. I mean, th- this seems like this is, your, this is your pick and roll offense for, what, the next five years? It could be, and and they still have a lot of money in, in in cap space. Possibly go out and still try to get DeAndre in free agency. Maybe they shift over to Miles Bridges. So this was this was a major win for Troy Reaver tonight in this draft. Like Richard said, they've 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 turned this around. Uh, they, they they've turned this around pretty quick. Uh, this is going to be a fun team this year. Uh, it's going to be a better team than they were last year, and it's it's a good time to be a Pistons fan for sure. Listen to Locked on Pistons is cool. We'll have you covered every day as to how things are going with the rookie and how things can change around for the Detroit Pistons. You can find it everywhere podcasts are and, of course, on YouTube. Coming up with the surprise number one pick by the Magic, the Rockets became pretty happy with who fell to them at number three. As recently as Thursday afternoon, Jabari Smith was the number one overall pick until it was time to make the picks. And then all of a sudden he wasn't and he falls to the number three spot with the Houston Rockets to break this pick down. Joining me now, Jackson Gatlin from Locked On Rockets and Jackson. This is part of the craziness we saw at the top of the draft. What what are you seeing now from this Rockets team with Jabari Smith? First off, Peter, so much insanity at the top of this draft, right? Just a crazy 24 hours, the lead up to it. And frankly, this was the guy that I had at the top of my draft board well throughout the pre-draft process. But I was resigned to the fact that, hey, the Rockets are still going to get a good player with Paolo Bancaro at pick number three. The fact that Jabari Smith fell not only out of position at number one, and then OKC also passed up on him at number two. The Houston Rockets got gift-wrapped to me, the best player for this organization. You can slot in next to Jalen Green, next to Alperin Shingoon, and he is going to bring so many amazing skills to the table. Hyper elite three-point shooting, all-NBA caliber defender who's going to be able to guard positions one through five and basically bring a new defensive tone to this Rockets team. Let's bring in our NBA draft gurus from the Locked On NBA big board, Rafael Barlow and Sam Ferris. And, and Rafael, I'll start, I'll start with you. When, when you look at Jabari Smith, did you think he should have gone before number three? actually had him number three on my big board so <laughs> it uh it worked out for me i, I was riding the bank carol bandwagon all, all year long but i think for houston it's a good fit like jackson said the you get the combination of offense and defense to be able to and he's the best shooter in this class and so I, I think for houston you have to feel like you got the number one pick if you're the rockets Sam, you had, a, I thought, a very apt comp for him given what we just saw in the NBA Finals. 
Yeah, that's right. I actually comp him to Clay Thompson, but like three inches taller, both because of the elite shooting, but also the ability to slide his feet on the perimeter defensively, a la, you know, prime Clay Thompson. But when we're talking about elite shooters with size over the last 15 or so years in the draft, it's Jabari Smith and Kevin Durant. Like, he is that level of a shooter. And so, you know, we can debate Paulo or Jabari, but in terms of fit between Jalen Green and Shangun, Jabari Smith is an elite fit, and he's a great player. Jackson, I want to ask you to expound on that fit a little bit. We saw Jalen Green, and I, I think people who did not watch a lot of Rockets basketball had this perception that he was a chucker. I, I, I don't think that's what he was, and by the end of the season, I thought he had developed a really nice secondary playmaking game. What do you see as his role this season with Shangun and Green? I do think he's maybe a bit of an underrated playmaker at this point. He showed some significant flashes with the ball in his hands, creating for his teammates, but the, the number one thing that we found out with Jalen Green, and, and as it relates to Jabari Smith is Jalen Green is the future franchise cornerstone. He is going to be your focal point, your number one option every single night. Put the ball in his hands. He's going to get you buckets or he's going to create for his teammates. And having a guy like Jabari who can feed off of that, who can feast off of all the attention that Jalen Green is going to generate, Jabari is going to get some of the easiest shots of his career, something that didn't exactly happen at Auburn, unfortunately, for him. He had to work on a lot of those possessions. So now playing next to Alperin Shingun and Jalen Green, Jabari is going to average like 20 a game. It's going to be ridiculous. Follow Locked on Rockets every day as Jackson will keep you up to date on the rebuild. You can find it anywhere you can find podcasts, including on YouTube. And finally, Jock Peterson wants everyone to stay calm in San Francisco this weekend. The Giants are getting ready to welcome the Cincinnati Reds to town, which means the reunion of Tommy Pham and Peterson. You may remember a few weeks back, Pham slapped Peterson for a months-old dispute involving fantasy football and text messages. Remember that? It was wild. Pham followed up that strange display by not only doubling down, but also bringing Mike Trout's name into the mix by calling him the worst commissioner in fantasy sports, a Mike Trout drive-by. Peterson said he has had no contact with Pham since the incident, which saw the Reds outfielder suspended for three games. I'm sure there won't be any rehashing of this by the Bay this weekend. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, will the Colorado Avalanche be Stanley Cup champions? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.